Welcome to From the Field, episode number 14. On this episode, we continue our four-part series on the topic of what to do when you're feeling fried. Welcome to From the Field. If this is your first time joining us, my name is Ryan Hughley, and I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. And my name is Tyler Drabitz. I serve as the executive pastor of Ridgeline Church, and I'm also the president of MyXP, a ministry providing remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, From the Field is for pastors and ministry leaders, where Tyler and I do our best to have honest conversations about the highs and lows of pastoral ministry. Uh, As I mentioned, we're currently in a series that we've called What to Do When You're Feeling Fried. Uh, We are now five months into the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, We are also in the midst of one of the great civil rights movements of all time, which is amazing, but tense and trying. We also have an election approaching, and our country is exceptionally divided politically as well as our churches. And so in the midst of all of this, as pastors and leaders, we're having to manage all of this, shepherd people through all of this, and many of us are feeling fried. And so in part one, we discussed the importance of increasing the time that we're spending with Jesus as individuals and alone. We talked about how the soul shrivels when our doing and our output is uprooted from our being. And so if you missed that episode, make sure you go back and listen to that. But today in part two, we want to shift our attention to something that many leaders struggle with, and that's taking some time off. Now, that might just be as simple as a weekly Sabbath or day off, um, but we're going to talk specifically probably about the need that most of us have at this point, which is an extended vacation. So Tyler, when you think about why we tend to not take time off as leaders, what are some obstacles that come to mind? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, one thing that comes to mind right away, even for myself, uh, that I've had to work through is the idea that sometimes you're in a situation where it's just not practical to do the hard stop. Mm-hmm. I think you're in a situation where you can't, you know, unfollow your search a church on social media, throw the phone in the lake, you know, delete email from your phone, you know, all of those things that uh, it seems like that's celebrated mm-hmm. as vacation. Mm-hmm. And anything outside of that just doesn't count. And yeah. it sort of feels like, why even do it unless I can totally hard stop and you just know that there are going to be some things that you might have to address or handle because really it's not even always a control thing as much as you're the only one with the skills or knowledge or password to make it or happen. keys to get in the building. Uh, yeah, all, or... of, all of the different things. Yeah. And so I think uh, one of the things that I've had to learn and grow in is recognize that there are ways to kind of put boundaries around your vacation. But even uh, a few weeks ago, I needed uh, some time off. And so um, it, it kind of happened unexpectedly. I had mm-hmm. a call scheduled with a pastor. And so I sat in the hotel room because the internet worked great. And mm-hmm. I took a call with that pastor and and, um, and it did not ruin the vacation at all by just not being able to make a hard stop. And as a matter of fact, I think for me, uh, checking in on occasion, because there are a number of things, especially with my XP, that I'm the one that needs to handle. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, checking in on occasion was really helpful for me and helpful to allow my mind to rest mm-hmm. because I, I knew that I could uh, see the things coming in and know, all right, I'm going to get to that when I get back because I was only out for a couple of days or, you know what? 
I need to stop and address this right now. And as it was, I don't think any of those types of things came through. Mm -hmm. But I think our belief or anticipation for that's all that's going to happen while I'm away mm -hmm. uh, can stop us and just, you know, wh why go to all the trouble unless right. I can make the hard stop? And, I mean, unless, unless you're coming from a very big church with a seasoned and reliable staff, mm -hmm. most of us just don't have the luxury of these super established teams that sure. can literally pick up every ball when we walk away. Totally. So a lot of the time it's not realistic. And so, I mean, you just used a great example, but I, so we had uh, a couple of days where we were up in park city yep. and we were there together. And then I camped with my boys last week for a few days. Yeah. And those were two totally different experiences because sure. up in park, park city, we recorded a, a podcast episode and we did some strategic planning type conversational yep. stuff. Uh, I worked on a message while I was up there by the pool. Yeah. And so it was super relaxing and great to be away and it was productive. And that week I had to do that kind of work in addition. Sure. Camping was a hard Hard stop, yeah. like forced, because there's sure. no internet. And uh, I wasn't on social, and I wasn't in email, and I wasn't on any of that stuff. And so both of those count. And I think what's really important is knowing which one you need. Yeah, there absolutely. There is a time that we can kind of carry some of these other balls. And then there's a time where even if balls are going to drop, you need a hard stop or you're going to die. Sure. And I think being able to discern the difference is really important. Absolutely. What would be as you, especially as you think about the pastors, you know, what are some, what's another obstacle that comes to mind? Yeah. I think uh, one thing that people um, that I've talked to have had a hard time uh, with during this season is um, having that conversation with their elders and just making sure that uh, they're communicating their own needs and their own kind of mental and spiritual health through the season. Mm -hmm. I think that um, in some cases there have been situations where elders have felt like this is just not the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that that's when that becomes one of those more robust conversations mm -hmm. of you communicating, this is what I really need for my own soul mm -hmm. and, and all of that. And I think sometimes we anticipate those conversations poorly. Yeah. I think sometimes we take the sum of what we know of someone and, and project their response into a, a situation. And we just have to be willing to have that conversation. I think, yeah. I think what we're talking about is you're feeling fried, you're at the end, you're totally burned out and you really just need some time away with your family, whatever mm -hmm. it might be. Um, and so you have to be willing and have the courage to just say, and and, and also vulnerability. I don't know. That's maybe the conversation has yeah. some tears. Yeah. But you just might have to say, like, it might not be the time, but yeah. I got to go. Yeah. If you, if you go in and if you're not, I think the, what... I think vulnerability does is it increases the urgency sure. that they act. Cause I think if you go in and you undersell and they're yeah. like, well, we are in the middle of a pandemic sure. and things are rough right now. And now's not a great time to just go check out and vacay. Right. But if it's like, no, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm dying on the inside. Yeah. My marriage is suffering. Yep. My kid, I haven't been present with my kids in a few months. Yeah. I need this time. Yeah. Unless you have awful elders, <laughs> the worst. And let me say that does exist. Yeah. And I know a few. And if, and what I would say though is if you if you come hard to the hole and you are honest and vulnerable and they still like say no, you you probably have much bigger problems on your hand <laughs> right, than your just vacation. getting some yeah. vacation. Totally. And that's something different. But I really do think that's such a good word about the vulnerability piece. Yeah. And then I also think obviously finances are an issue that people come up with. And um, that's a little bit um, that's a little bit challenging. I think it we is, talked yeah. about on a couple of episodes ago. I really think right now is the time for church leadership boards, uh, whether it be elders or however you're structured, to really 
really be having some conversation about. Uh, I know that uh, my barista got some legit hazard pay, mm-hmm. and I feel like uh, based on what I know about what um, the average pastor has been doing through this season, it's been different work. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say harder or worse or anything, but it's been different, sure. um, albeit worthy of something along those lines. And so I think that that's absolutely, uh, especially because I know so many churches uh, received uh, PPP funds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that it's allowed that those be used uh, as a bonus. And so I think that that's a great option for churches to do. And so I think, I think there's that, uh, like we talked about before, whether, uh, you're a church leadership member yourself, or you uh, are a church member and can Mm -hmm. reach out to those people. Um, you know, you can always, you know, if you want it to be anonymous, just send your pastor a cashier's check or something. I mean, there's a lot of ways to love on your pastor during this season, because what I know is, uh, I've talked to a lot of church members and they feel very, very blessed by the work that their pastors have done. And Mm -hmm. so that this is just a way to say thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the same reason that uh, even what I remember when restaurants opened up again for a good season of time, I was tipping in a very healthy manner yeah. because I knew those people had gone through a lot. Some of them hadn't worked for a while and it was just a way to say thank you yeah. for being back to sure. work and risking. There's you know, this really great phrase that. that is put your money where your mouth is. Sure. <laughs> that honestly is yeah. pretty, I mean, that, and the tipping yeah. example is that like, I care about you. You've been, you know, Faithful, like we, we've got friends who own Honeysuckle, a coffee shop yeah, here in town. Sure. And we've told people like frequent that place, help. Like yeah. you say that you care about local businesses. You say you care about these people. And I think we have to do, we should do the same things with our pastors. We've been very blessed for the large in part of our ministry together over the last 15 years where we have sure. been in churches that we've been very well cared for. And you've, you've super led the way culturally in those environments on that. And I think that's an important piece in this is like someone with some amount of influence has to begin to lead the way in, totally. in cultivating that as a part of the culture in your church. Totally. And so, yes, I do appreciate that call out for those who call Ridgeline home and are listening to this. This isn't some sort of like subliminal message. Yeah, you don't have to send all. us gift cards. No, We're good. please don't. We're good. Yeah. Uh, that said, I do think that um, there are some pastors who aren't. Right. And so um, if you're in a situation where you wonder, uh, be the person who takes action. I think that that's important. I also think that right now there are lots of options more locally yep. that people can do um, that are just not that expensive because right now all of those businesses are really interested. The reason that we were at Park City at all is because one of the premier resorts, some might argue in the world, was doing like a BOGO. Right. And so you just feel like when, uh, like you said the other day, when when one of those nice resorts is handing out coops, you know that they need they need like, some people. <laughs> they need some help. And we are happy and, to be those. And people. we went up there. There was hardly. I mean, there were times where we were the only people at the pool, and yeah. it was super hot, it was great. and it was just very affordable yeah. thanks to uh, some of the promotions they're running. So just because you've like looked into it before, it's time to look again and figure out what is your family comfortable with. And, you know, things like zoos are open and mm-hmm. things like uh, certain restaurants are open and patios and mm-hmm. uh, some parks and those types of things. And so, again, I think that's another thing you got to get out of your mind that you have to get on a plane and yeah. fly for hours. Otherwise, it's not vacation. Even just bringing some intention to a good staycation. Sure. Even if it's like three nights or something like that where you're like, I'm going to unplug and we're going to do all the fun stuff that exists in our area, or we're going to camp or hike or depending on where you live, all that kind of stuff. There are ways to do it for sure. Yep. Well, and I I think coming back to what you started with, I think that, that, um, 
one of the biggest things for leaders, honestly, is this issue of trust. Mm. Not to over-spiritualize it, but I do think that there's a deep spiritual component in this. Um, And because of this, I, I really believe... Again, this would be kind of be my big idea for this episode, but that time off is a demonstration of trust, mm. um, that it's a reminder to us, and it's a declaration to God, I believe, that our churches are not our churches, sure. they're God's church. Yep. And when we choose to unplug, that we are saying, Lord, this is yours, and, uh, and even kind of going Moses on God and being like, this is your problem yeah. <laughs> this week, <laughs> and I'm going to unplug. Yeah. And, and I think that's a really big deal, that, that trust is, time off is a demonstration of trust. Um, I also know that one of the great obstacles is certainly what feels like, because we've talked around this a little bit, but what feels like a lack of opportunity. Yeah. Maybe I'm the only person who mm-hmm. can teach or whatever it might be. I'm sure. working with a very small team or we're very early on or whatever. So it feels like there's no opportunity. So let's talk about a few ways that we have fought for it, even in the midst of that being in that season. And then we've seen other people do the same. So the first one is that I would recommend is you can let someone else in your church teach. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've let, you know, uh, I think sometimes, should we protect our pulpits? Yes, absolutely, we should. We should be careful to make sure that what people are receiving is um, solid biblical instruction. Absolutely. For sure. And they don't have to be Charles Spurgeon. Right. Like, they need to be faithful to what the Bible says. So maybe don't have them preach Leviticus, but even if it's a verse, you can work with... I've worked with people in our churches with zero experience teaching and helped them write their sermons together so that I can be... I know they're not going to be as comfortable as I am on Sunday because I've been preaching for a long time. But I know they're going to be faithful to the text, which... In if 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 a they can get on base and I can get a week off, it's a win for everybody. Totally. Well, and I think the important thing to remember is uh, they don't have to be Charles Spurgeon, and the likelihood that you are is pretty slim. It's very very I, good. I think that uh, I receive that. You, Thank you. <laughs> not not you. You looked me in the, the eyes when you, you said it. You looked me right in the eyes. Well, listen. So one, I've never heard him preach, and so I <laughs> I couldn't tell you, but. Regardless, I do think it's important. You even mentioned that um, as you've grown, as God has sanctified you, as you've grown as a preacher, you feel like there are things that you said once upon a time that you probably would have gone to your death feeling like were the most faithful possible. God has continued to grow your understanding of Mm -hmm. his word. And so you've even felt like, man, I wish that some of those things that were said would have been said differently. I want my first five years of preaching back. Right, exactly. Yeah. That, that's a. It's easier for you to say yeah. that than for me, yeah. so I appreciate you picking that up. But I think, uh, so keep that in mind, yeah. that the likelihood that every every morsel out of this person's mouth is like 100% exactly as it should be um, is not high, mm-hmm. and you're guilty of that too. Sure. And I think that's one of the things that um, as we're coaching some of these guys to be able to preach, I see uh, this over-realized sense of mm-hmm. like, uh, like, I've got... I've got the market cornered on like mm-hmm. what's right and true. And so mm-hmm. make sure you say it the way I would. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's really helpful to little like let go and let God. Yeah. And again, not be loosey goosey with the pulpit. Yeah. Absolutely protect it. We're not lobbying for any of that. Yeah. We're just recognizing we're talking about ah week. Yeah. And I think the way that at with time has gone on, I mean, I remember when I first started preaching, every every sermon was like, this is the one. Yeah. This is the yeah. one. And the truth is, I think the longer I preach, the more I think about every single sermon is is 
very important. Yeah. On any given Sunday, God can transform someone's heart through right. one sermon. And by and large, it's a very small deposit week after week after week after week yep. into the spiritual formation of God's totally. people. And I think that that helps people relax a little bit and know, hey, if, if this one's a C rather right. than a B plus, it's okay. Sure. Just get them on base. That's all that matters. That's right. So let someone That's else good. in your church teach. Uh, the second thing, and this is something that we have done, it's a little bit more complicated right now during COVID, yeah. so we can talk through this a little bit on the fly, <laughs> which will be I fun. I love that. Good times. But especially, I mean, some churches are regathering and are yeah, able to do that now, totally. but the second one is plan a prayer and worship service. Yeah. So rather than have a typical, like, you know, worship through song, the offering, the announcements, the sermon, and a song. Sure. Just pull the sermon out of it and yeah. do a prayer and worship service. And and for those that are like super high on like, well, there has to be some amount of instruction that take place. Sure. Okay. Well, one of the things that we've done is we've pulled three or four people from our church. Yeah. And we've had them have a verse that's been important to them and to sure. give more of a testimonial type thing. Totally. And we've woven that in. And so there can still be an instruction element in this. Absolutely. So uh, uh, any thoughts on, I mean, that that's more of a point for people who are... Um, who are uh, being able to regather again. If you are strictly streaming or strictly doing, do you think you can pull it off or not right now? That's okay if not. I'm not sure you can pull it off right now. I think that, um, yeah, I'm not sure how you do it. I've spent a bit of time thinking about it. And I really think for me in particular, because everyone would be at home, you wouldn't even have anyone locally because uh, it would be, you know, you'd be capturing it ahead yeah. of time or something like that to make sure the mix is good and all yeah. of that. I just am not sure that there's a way to do the like worship from home thing. And again, I'm probably projecting too much of my own feelings into mm-hmm. it. I'm not somebody who buys We've the We've not like, figured that out. No, I'm not somebody who buys the worship like music videos that are, mm-hmm. you know, released with an album. I'm always just like, I, it just feels confusing to me. Yeah. And so I'm not sure how that would happen apart from gathering together. Uh, but I know a lot of churches are even doing like worship in the park as their kind of first step. Sure. And so maybe this is an opportunity to take a step into something like that Yeah. Uh, based on what you're, you know, obviously local government allows, but yeah. uh, I think that something like that would work. But yeah, I don't know how how to do that virtually. If you have an idea, you can certainly uh, post it on our Facebook page. I'd love to, I'd love to hear about it for sure. Yeah, that's good. All right. So plan a prayer and worship service. Number three would be, and this is, this is one advantage to the season we're in right now when so many of us are having to stream our services and our Mm -hmm. teaching, you can get a video message from a trusted friend. Right. Um, you know, this has been one of the things that we're always thinking about being in a young church right now. And I haven't been able to get into a steady teaching lab uh, where I've been developing a lot of internal teachers. And so we're left with every time I want time off right now, like, well, what are we going to do? So we have done some internal stuff, but by and large, we have to look at bringing someone in, which is costly because by and large, you have to fly them. You have to put them up somewhere. If you're love them, you're going to pay them some kind of honorarium. Otherwise you're awful. (laughs) We're going to do a whole episode on that. Um, and so that adds up pretty fast. Um, and so what's great right now. And for some reason, I just wasn't thinking about this until like two months ago, you were like, you know, you can ask anyone, you know, to just send you a 30 minute video because they're already watching video of you. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. <laughs> right. So we did. We had Ashley Herr from Redemption. 
uh, send us a 30-minute sermon that he recorded. It's great. They were yep. a significant part in helping plant Ridgeline. And so to keep his face and voice in our culture is important to us. Totally. Um, but now such an easy time to be able to get that from people. Sure. And I think there's a couple of ways to go about it. So I know churches that have done what we did. Um, Ashley specifically recorded a message for, for our us, church yep. and to our church. And I think that that was meaningful for our people because, again, I mean, we talked about this before, I think, even on this podcast, but without that church, Ridgeline wouldn't exist. Right. We wouldn't be sitting here today. I mean, there are just so many things that we're thankful for. And so we want to make sure that our people stay connected to that. I mm -hmm. think sometimes uh, uh, more established churches plant churches. You say thanks for the money, and then it's like done. Yeah. And we want to make sure to foster that relationship for years to come. And so I think that's one way. And I think you're going to do the same thing for them at some point pretty quick here. I'm correct? just remembering that in this moment. Oh, but cool. Yes, <laughs> Me too. So yeah. great. That is better work soon. on that. Yep. Cool. Awesome. Uh, and so I think I think uh, that's that's an important way. I think another way is just to reach out to a pastor friend that you have who maybe doesn't have the bandwidth to do it like a special one, or maybe doesn't have someone to record it and cut it and all of that stuff totally. for them, and just say, hey. You're preaching this Sunday. Can I point my people to your, to stream. your stream? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, and again, I think that that's a – and right away, I think some guys might feel insecure. And, well, what if what if people like yeah. that preacher more than me and this and that? And I think I think if people call your church home, they're connected to you. They're yeah. connected to the people in your church. And so one week is not going to make that difference because totally. – there are world-class preachers that have been available on the internet for years, mm -hmm. and if and if one week was going to switch them, those people would are probably already watching good old Osteen or sure. somebody else. Yeah, so. and I think good old Osteen. Good old. <laughs> uh, and then I guess a third option would be uh, if you're not pointing them to their stream and you're not getting a personal message from them, if you're not precious about it, you could literally just ask them to send them send me a message that you've done in the last three sure. weeks to your church. Yeah. No, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. We'll Cause the likelihood it. your people have watched it is slim. So yeah. Slim to none. So yeah. And so you can, that's you know, literally chop it into yours. Virtually no work for anyone. Nope. To do it that way. So you can get a video message from a friend. Here's the last thing that, that we would say. I think this point is going to be a little bit more controversial and everyone needs uh -oh. to follow their own conscience in this. Cause uh -huh. not everyone will be comfortable with this. But uh, number four, I would say is you can create home worship resources and you could cancel service for a week altogether. I know. And but not 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 to be like silly and condescending. I know for some people sure. that's like there's just it violates their personal conviction about the importance of the weekly service. I think the thing maybe to just temper that a little bit with right now is especially if you are doing the online thing for the first time in your whole life, we have mm -hmm. already had to sow mess with what is our normative ecclesiology and how we understand mm -hmm. Sunday morning worship <laughs> and all of that, Sure, that to just, is, here's, here would be my pitch. It is, it is going to be far less destructive to your church to take a Sunday off altogether than it is if you continue to yeah. drive and drive and drive and you hit a wall That's and good. you're done. That would be, that would, and so... I'm not, I'm not arguing for anyone to violate their conscience or anything like that, but if you can't come up with any other solution sure. and you are feeling on the brink, and based on some of the pastors that I know and I've interacted with, some Absolutely. of us are on the brink. It is better to go, I love you all, here's a Bible verse, I'll write you a devotional, sure. and pray with your kids, and go on with your day, and we'll be back next week. Sure. I, I don't think that very many churches are going to close as a result of that decision. Absolutely.
So um, one last thing that I want to just say about being fried or burnout. I read this quote just this morning by a guy named Parker Palmer, who I don't know very much about, but he was in a devotional I was reading. And he said something I thought was kind of interesting. He said, one sign that I am violating my own nature in the name of nobility is a condition called burnout. Though usually regarded as the result of trying to give too much, burnout, in my experience, results from trying to give what I do not possess, Mm. which kind of sounds a little bit like semantics, but I don't think it really is. I think it really is about, I think when we burn out, when we get fried, is because we are functioning not just past, but like we're functioning outside of the capacity that we have. It's good. And and so I was thinking about how there's these two ditches when it comes to work that we're all trying to stay out of. Sure. On the one hand, you have the ditch of sloth, mm-hmm. which is just lazy. Yeah. And and there are some people that are just freaking lazy. <laughs> and and that, Some it's lazy not you. People. I know it's not you. Listen. But that is like that's a ditch for sure. We've got a bunch of proverbs about working like ants and all kinds of stuff sure. that we want to stay out of that ditch. The other ditch and this is the one that I don't think gets enough attention and it's the ditch of overwork. And uh, both of those are problematic. When we overwork is when mm. we burn out or when we function outside of our capacity. The problem is we live in a country and a culture, even Christian country and culture, that praises and worships work. Yeah. And so if you are, it's almost like this badge of honor. Like I, one of the things I, I hear from pastors all the time is like, I'm just so fried from how hard I'm working. I'm never impressed by that. Yeah. I'm never impressed by someone that is like, I'm impressed by hard work within one's capacity. Totally. And we all have different capacities. Some people can work longer and harder than others. Absolutely. And that's great. And some people can't. But I'm never impressed by someone who is like run ragged because they're so hardworking. Yeah. And I don't think Jesus is because, well, yes, Jesus got tired and yes, Jesus got hungry and Jesus was fully human and all of those things. Jesus, going back to what we talked about last week, his doing always came out of his being with the Father. It's good. And so I would just encourage you to think through those two ditches, and even though we live in America where we really praise hard work and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and all of that, um, you don't, like, much of what is American is not Christian. Sure. And that just lost us about 50 listeners. Just one sentence of much of you what think is... we have 50 listeners? Yeah, I don't know. That's probably true. <laughs> We've got more than 50 likes on our Facebook That's true. Page, so That's true. Hey. Some of those might be my mom creating different accounts That's and liking yeah. over and over again. I'm not sure my mom even likes our Facebook page. I don't think so my yeah. mom has yeah, well, either. That's cool. <laughs> so anyways, the point of today was uh, to talk about the importance of time off and, and to really try to tie it to what a demonstration of trust that it actually is. So let's really bring some intention, even though we're tired, and come up with a plan to take that time off. Well, that's up it for this weekend. Uh, not this weekend. That's it for this episode. That's it. It's it's Wednesday. I'm done with the weekend. That's I'm, it. I'm over it. So if you want to stay up to date on new episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast uh, on any of the places that you listen to podcasts. You can also follow From the Field Podcast on Instagram. And uh, also like our Facebook page, which is exactly the same, facebook.com slash from the field podcast. Yep. And this is your transition. That, oh. The bolded part in the script is where you're supposed to read. And we'll be back next week with part three of what to do when you're feeling fried. So until then, we hope you have a great week and thanks for listening. That was perfect. <laughs>